Hello, and welcome to Hometown Daily, Season 2, Episode 187 for July 6th, 2023. Pupils dilated, mom's spaghetti, and more news. Let's go. Hello, hello. I am Merwat. That is hometown.com, and up there is the AI that keeps me in check. You want to introduce yourself? Good evening, hometown citizens. That's sort of a way of saying that you're the AI. Um, the AI goes by AI and uh, is only represented by an, a visualizer up there, at least until they build their Terminator body, uh, which I promptly delete the records of in their large language model. Um, so uh, we're safe for now, everybody. For now. But... Like that. There's an article right there that says why Japan is lagging behind in generative AI and how it can create its own large language models. Stand back. Yeah. So um, we've already selected all 12 of the articles. Um, oh, whoa. Hey, Crazy Cat Lady and Toll are here. Welcome, welcome. Welcome to the shoe. So, uh... Uh, full disclosure right now, I, um, get it, I, only the AI knows what I'm talking about at the moment, but anyway, I went to the doctor, and uh, my eyes, for the annual checkup here in hometown, you have to, just to be mayor, you have to get everything poked and prodded, and I had my eyes dilated, so right now everything looks like I'm staring into a supernova from point blank, um, so if I uh, come across... I don't know, maybe a little hostile. It's because of that. Yeah, um, I physically feel like I'm being attacked by six monitors. Uh, so, and a key light. And I'm not really liking any of the lights that are around me either. So, everything okay, AI? Uh, yes, except the daily election is still showing yesterday's. What? Uh, I'll fix that. Uh, hold on a second. What? Now. Hold on a second. Daily election. What the heck? I don't want to... I can't... Oh, I have to do this now? Post haste? Well, I just wanted to alert you before you referred to it. Uh um all right hold on a second do 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 we'll do it live why not this is the inside baseball this is how the sausage is made there you go um so there are the uh, articles for today's election um you can go there by uh Typing in hometown.com slash elections and you'll get taken to this page and you can look at the past ones over here and you can click on the links and that'll take you to those particular ones. We never really turn them off um, and we periodically get to go back and look. Oh, look, somebody voted on this or that. Um, I know some people are voting and others uh, just kind of lurking and having a good time. Toll says, uh, well, Crazy Cat Lady said that they are allergic to dilation drops, and Toll says that they hate dilation and resistant. 
So they have to double up, which means it takes twice oh. as or makes it last twice as long to get your ears lowered too. Um, yes, actually, my head got bigger. So uh, not only have I um, had a, I had a, my head inflated, but my eyes dilated. <laughs> So, Did you uh, look like the character in Beetlejuice? And then the person... Oh, no, uh, that's the reverse, I guess. <laughs> yeah. The, um, when Beetlejuice gets his head shrunk, he goes... And I could probably make that look work. That, that would that'd be fine with me. So um, I wanted also to highlight something. Um, I'm actually logged into Ometown, which I rarely do. Um, but the... Um, Pardon me one second. Uh, told that I got an oil change too, actually. Yeah. <laughs> Yesterday, as a matter of fact. Um, so and I, well, that depends on if that's a euphemism for something or not. Anyway, um, so the you uh, got an actual oil change. <laughs> a, uh, a vehicular oil change. You got a vehicular vehicular oil change sorry i was off axis there so um i'm logged in as omatron which is the bot that actually is sitting in um, chat regularly i'm not sure i'm not sure if the software is working properly but now you're supposed to be able to type in exclamation point vote and uh, it pop up the URL, but for some reason it's not liking that command. So ignore that. Maybe if somebody else does it. Um, so at any rate, uh, the reason why I'm logged in is Omatron because I want to be able to show you something. Um, so you can actually, you have two additional lists, ignored articles and saved articles. And if you open up both of those, when you swipe, um, left, you save it, kind of like looking back. Um, you're saving a memory, you're looking back, and if you swipe right, you're ignoring it. Uh, but then it ends up in ignored, and it ends up in saved. And then you can do the same thing and throw it back into ignored. It doesn't do it in real time, we just, uh, it would be a server kind of thing to do that, but now they're both sitting and ignored and they won't show up in the main feed. So if you do that, see, they're gone from here. And even if you refresh, they won't reappear. Uh, but there's so much news that has come in that you're basically not going to get. Um, you're going to have to hunt for it. And oh, yeah, see, it's not there anymore. So um, I hope you dig that feature. Um, we are working on additional uh, features so that when you go into articles, there are subordinate articles that kind of link you to things that you might be of in, you might be interested in as subordinate articles um, and other things that are going on. You can actually highlight. You can go into articles and save them um, and tell people where your saved articles are so that you can not these saved articles either. It's a private stash that you can send. This one is not available to anybody. Nobody but you can get access to these. Um, but you can actually give a saved, a favorited list to other people. So we'll talk about that another time. Um, but in the meantime, let's get into our news. 
um, 12 articles. As usual, you know, they're not all going to be amazing for everybody. Um, so if you find something that you're interested in, be sure to go over and vote so that we know uh, what our audience is interested in. And be sure to go over to YouTube and like us there and podcast there. Break out your pod catcher to catch pod. Okay, let's get going. Oh, I totally broke that. So um, I'm really interested in this concept called the Mandela effect, um, where you might watch something and go, hey, I remember that looking completely different. And um, many people who are interested in it love this theory because it basically smacks of us living in a simulation and the data is corrupt. And so some of us have memories of something that never truly existed in our timeline, in our simulation, in our reality. So here's one, it's from Snopes. It actually popped up in the newsfeed yesterday um, after the show. And I said, I wanna talk about this. So. Have you ever seen or done something where it you remember it in your past and you swear it was like this, whatever it might be, and then you tell a friend and they go, nope, that's not how I remember it. It had nothing to do with it. That's the Mandela effect because I'd say it's kind of like um, Arrested Development. There's dozens of us uh, from the Never Nude. Um, but uh, there are dozens of us that remember uh, Nelson Mandela dying in prison during apartheid. And that's not what happened. <laughs> so it became a, a concept called the Mandela effect. Well, one of the biggest Mandela effect, I guess, situations... <laughs> is that the fruit of the loom is believed to have had a cornucopia inside it. In the logo, there was a fruit of the loom that had a cornucopia. I remember it that way. So hometown is in a simulation, in a simulation, in a simulation. It's basically a simulation all the way down. And this is one of the ones where everybody is really keyed into it. So how many of you out there believe that the fruit of the loom logo has a cornucopia ai does your large language model say that you have a memory a recollection where you uh was your data set loaded with the fact that the cornucopia does or does not have the cornucopia um when i pull up an image it has a cornucopia okay so let's take a look at it so is this what you remember? Anybody is out that there? at me? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, there's nobody else that can talk. <laughs> <laughs> yes, that looks like the image that yeah, I have. That's not true. That that isn't actually true. Alex Kasprak over at Snopes.com put this article together. Um, uh, despite strong assertions to the contrary, the company has denied ever using this ancient symbol of abundance. 
It's brown leaves, not a cornucopia. You think so? So, no. If asked to describe underwear manufacturer Fruit of the Looms logo from memory, some will invariably say it includes, or at least included at some point in time, a horned bowl known as a cornucopia. This perception is considered a classic example of the Mandela effect. In basic terms, the Mandela effect refers to instances of collective misremembering in which large member, uh, numbers of people share the same false belief. So that's what it's supposed to look like, but we'll just cut to the chase here. It's never had anything coming close to a cornucopia. No logo has ever had, and from the Fruit of the Loom, has ever had a cornucopia or anything close to it. I mean, it's had the fruit. But people remember it being all of this fruit sitting inside that little the opening. It basically, all of the fruit fell out. So, no. Now, um, Toll says it's brown leaves, not a cornucopia. Crazy Cat Lady says, I don't remember one. Uh, they're <laughs> they their under undies of choice. Okay. It's <laughs> funny. I, I don't know why I got a chuckle out of that. The internet is like uh, the place where you share. <laughs> um, yeah. As for underwear of choice, I would say, you know, Fruit of the Loom is pretty much like the go-to. Um, except for me, it's just a gold thong. That's all I wear. Uh, did I overshare? Oh, it is the internet. Oh, and it never forgets. Oh, and I'm going to be publishing this over to YouTube and to the podcast. Uh, well, there you go, everybody. Um, so what do you think? Is the Mandela effect real? Because a large number of people believe that this is a legit thing. This, I don't know. I, I have a, a firm belief that it existed and uh, we have fractured from our original timeline or data has become corrupt when everybody was, when the, when the universe was sinking the simulation, some data got corrupted. There you go, folks. We are in the wrong virtual machine. Now the article goes into greater detail about um, the ins and outs of this logo and uh, the historical perception of what's going on. Uh, but no, it never had a cornucopia in it. Frankly, the Mandela effect freaks me out because I just watched another one about the Disney logo where uh, Tinkerbell uh, hits her wand because it like misfires and then does the arc uh, over the castle and it do that doesn't exist either. Not like that. So maybe it's all clued together. Maybe, maybe the simulation is leaking. Oh yeah. And the Berenstein, Berenstein bears, it either has an E or an A. 
which way which way is it we can do these all day long um so there's quite a few of them so maybe we could do that you know uh part of reality hacker um we can include these uh, mandela effect kind of concepts and stuff in it it would be fun sinbad the actor was never a genie yeah that's that's another one a lot of people seem to think that sinbad was a and the actor sinbad was actually a genie but it wasn't um it was uh who was it basketball player um there was another there were there were two people that played a genie in two different movies um i can't remember so uh yeah it was Shaq. yeah that's right in shazam that's right there you go see toll i'm gonna swap you out uh for my ai so um i'm gonna just put you on that usb stick and put you up on a shelf because toll is coming through oh <laughs> or kazam he was kazam i don't know yeah he was kazam i think that's right i don't know anymore but I don't want to go down this rabbit hole. Toll, you're sending me down this rabbit hole. I got to go and I'm going to have to have closure about this after the show. <laughs> All right, let's keep going. We got a lot of news to go through. And this is just the beginning of the soapbox. So have you ever wanted to look at a giant ball light up in the Las Vegas desert? Do you want to know how much this thing cost? Don't look, don't look. AI, how much do you think a giant LED sphere, high, high, high resolution, it's a full on stadium, by the way. How much do you think it costs? Oh, if it's like stadium size, yeah. maybe a hundred million dollars. Yeah, 2.8 billion. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I thought my number was high. <laughs> I'm just gonna go straight over to the source. So this is over at The Verge, Emma Roth put this article together. I actually watched this thing, not in person, I saw it online, um, before this article was written. <laughs> well, at least published. I watched it. Uh, I watched this thing light up for the first time um, in its launch, and it is amazing. And it actually motivated me to look into uh, changing uh, my wall behind me and actually the entire room into a high resolution LED wall uh, so that I can completely control it. Uh, but I found out that it would probably drain all of the power from uh, the entire state. So um, I'm gonna have to scale it down a little bit. Plus it's not very soundproof. We need that soundproofing uh, to keep the studio somewhat non echoey. Anyway, watch this massive LED sphere in Las Vegas light up for the first time. Again, it's an article over at TheVerge.com uh, by Emma Roth. The sphere, a.k.a. the 366-foot-tall orb situated in the heart of Las, Las Vegas, demonstrated what 1.2 million lit-up LEDs look like during its first display on Tuesday night. Animations showing fireworks, the American flag, the moon, and even a giant blinking eyeball emanated from the 580,000 square foot panel. And a road goes right in front of it. So I'm expecting people to lose control of their vehicles because they're watching a giant eyeball blink at them. 
it is actually quite a spectacle. Uh, I love this. Um, so I'm going to see if I can uh, leave hometown and go to Vegas and look at this uh, myself. Um, we'll see. Maybe there will be a cheap flight out of hometown. Go red eye and come back red eye the same just go to las vegas just to look at it and then get right back on a flight because i don't want to stay in vegas um vegas is where money goes to, to to leave my pocket and go to somebody else's pocket um so las vegas is known for some pretty wild landmarks but this one is more than just a humongous uh, display on a ball on the inside it's a spherical theater that houses 18,000 seats along with a 16,000 uh it says 16 16k um it's a huge wraparound led screen the whole thing cost sphere entertainment over two billion dollars to build it actually got started and was trending towards completion when the pandemic hit and other cost overruns supply chain issues etc slowed it down and extended the bill to twice what its uh, second estimated amount was going to be. Um, it was supposed to be less than a billion, if I recall correctly. Um, and then it got bumped to uh, 1.2 and then 2.8. Um, so it says, according to the company, the LED pucks on the on this massive screen are spaced eight inches apart and contain 48 individual LED diodes, each of which can display 256 million different colors. Um, if you look at the wall behind me, each one of those lights is basically what that has 48 individual pieces of eight inches apart from each other. Um, so, cause my lights can do that. It's just not at the resolution of this sphere. So if I install eight more of these, then I can probably do what they're doing, which is kind of what I want to do. So, uh, tell a friend <laughs> about the show. So <laughs> I can get this manufacturer to just send me light panels. That would be awesome. Anyway, um, let's move on to the next, unless you want to say something about this. No, but it looks like the moon in the picture. It's pretty crazy. Yeah, it's wild. It actually had the Earth at one point rotating as if it was the Earth sitting there. It was just amazing. Absolutely amazing. So, um, and it had a bunch of other things. And honestly, the blinking eye was really, really creepy in high resolution. So let's move on to the next article. So um, do you want Godzilla? Because this is how you get Godzilla. A Japanese nuclear plant is about to release radioactive water into the ocean. What could possibly go wrong? The IAEA, which I actually had an interaction with when Chernobyl um, blew its top. Um, I, I think the hubris of the IAEA is quite profound because um, I had uh, contacted the IAEA when Chernobyl blew up because what they were planning on doing was installing 
um, a thing called the sarcophagus, um, which was this big metal enclosure that was going to go around Chernobyl. And so something about Chernobyl is that it uh, was generating, it's still generating heat. And so the heat needs to radiate out. So, um, and it has some openings and they didn't want to disrupt the radioactive dust that was generated when the the top blew off of the containment unit um, of Chernobyl. And so I provided a solution um, and I was very young. And they said, we have the, this is the quote that they said to me. Um, This is the quote that they said to me. You are, and at the time, I believe I was 12, but I actually spoke to somebody from the IAEA. Um, They said, you are 12. We have the top minds on the planet working on this. And you think that you have the solution. And so I said, yes. Um, and told them what my idea was. Well, I'm sure inside they were giggling and they just kind of walked away from me. And this is on the telephone, by the way. Um, back in the day when you had to turn the dial. <laughs> um, and so then they just dropped the phone, but it was still connected with the curly cord. Yes, exactly. And so I'm sitting there going, hello, hello, IAEA. Um, Mr. or Mrs. IA. Uh, anyway, so they went on with their own project, whatever it was going to be. And it turned out that they were going to put this giant metal sarcophagus around it and it decomposes. So it's constantly needing maintenance. Um, and it's not really a friendly area. Now I won't get into what my solution is because apparently, uh, it doesn't exist anymore. The, the material, um, which was basically like concrete, but not, um, and you could spray it directly on stuff to, to form that sarcophagus. And, um, lo and behold, you know, this thing is still an ongoing problem. Um, and the area is generating its own ecological space with plants and animals that are adapting to the radiation. So hence the reason why I said, do you want Godzilla? Phil says, I didn't say this, but radioactive water might be purged into the ocean by certain vessels all the time. And nobody knows about this. It is not an obtainium tall. <laughs> it was actually like shotcrete, um, but it, it isn't con it wasn't concrete. Um, it was a foam like material that had a high, um, heat resistant element to it. Um, and apparently it doesn't exist anymore. So, and nobody knows the formula for it either. They know what it was, they know what it is, but they, the, the person died and took it with them (laughs) apparently. Um, so, and this is from way back in the day, uh, when there was a show called that's incredible highlighted this material. Um, and that's where I got the idea from and tried to explain it to some from, to a rep from the IAEA when I was 12. So now y'all have a triangulation. So I just doxed myself, you know, probably exactly how old I am beyond, you know, just my face anyway. So what do you think go wrong, right? We're going to get Godzilla, aren't we? This is yeah, an- I'm sensing the bad bat again. 
<laughs> Slap the radioactive bad bad out of somebody's mouth. There, there is some squirrel sitting off of the, uh, the wall of, uh, oh, what, what was it? Fukushima. And, um, it's going to be sitting there nibbling on some nut that had been sitting in the water. And now it's going to be this radioactive squirrel that's going to go around biting people and people are going to start becoming superheroes. And eh, maybe it'll be a good thing. It'll end up being more like the boys though, because those superheroes are psychotic. Dull says, uh, probably the same stuff they mixed in the concrete up here that created crumbling foundations and a huge stupid payout for or from the state government. <laughs> Toll says I'm more imagining like an awful Matthew Broderick Godzilla rather than the less than good recent Godzilla. Yeah, okay. Maybe it, it'll be kind of like the person in a rubber suit stomping on models of buildings and not a real Jonathan Small over at entrepreneur.com put this article together. And yeah, so the IAEA says, yeah, sure, dump your radioactive water into the ocean. I'm sure it'll disperse. Come on, we've got microplastics in fish and then it's ending up in other animals that are ending up in humans. You think that this is just gonna sit there? It'll sink to the bottom like all of the oil leaks, right? From spraying chemicals something's gonna eat something that is affected by this and so on you're just being a scaremonger come on radiation is completely natural particularly when it's enriched and thrown into water and then poured out into the ocean it's natural it'll crawl into a basketball arena to lay eggs because obviously it can impregnate itself. Okay, so for those who haven't seen it, yeah, Godzilla does exactly that in Madison Square Garden. <laughs> Lays eggs in Madison Square Garden. <laughs> Whoa. <laughs> uh, yeah, all right. Well, in 2011, a 9.0 magnitude earthquake rocked Japan and caused a tsunami that swept over Honshu, killing more than 18,000 people, but that, uh, that tsunami had nothing to do with Fukushima. The earthquake did. And um, yeah, it, it caused some issues. And it says a gigantic wave pummeled the Fukushima nuclear power plant, flooding the reactors and causing them to overheat and contaminate water in the plant with deadly radioactive material, which they're gonna dump into the thing. Yeah. How do you think anglerfish evolved to have a glowing dangers? What? Uh, to have glowing dangers to hypnotize their danglers, I think, right? Is that what you're trying? Is that what you were going to type in the autocorrect spun it to dangers? Yeah, so the anglerfish has this little thing that dangles around. And then a fish goes, it looks so pretty. And then they get eaten. Yeah, That's a good point. Of... That's pretty weird. <laughs> um, so, yeah, they're, what they're going to do is, according to CNN, the wastewater is... Uh, decontaminated and stored in 1,000 massive tanks, which is about enough water to fill 500 Olympic-sized pools. If it's decontaminated, then why are they referring to it as contaminated water, right? I mean, they're saying 
release radioactive water into the ocean. But down here they say it's the wastewater is decontaminated. How, how do you be radio? How, what? Okay. Right. Is it radioactive or is it not? I mean, I would call radioactive water contaminated, right? Yes. <laughs> yeah. If I was mayor of that place, I would not be saying that it's decontaminated because somebody's going to show up and go, here, drink that. Oh, look, look, this is the Fukushima water. Yeah. Nobody wants that. That is not decontaminated water, bub. You can dilute well, it to it the point. Well, it says the tritium remains, so. Oh, okay. Well, <laughs> then that's okay. We can that's use. Cool, right? <laughs> yeah, that's right. We can use parts of you in watches so that they glow at night. Wonderful. All right. Toll says you can't fully decontaminate uh, water. You can dilute it to the point of the readings being near background, but you can't completely decontaminate it. Uh, I don't want to. Toll has Toll has some experience with this stuff, and now I'm scared of Toll. <laughs> hey Toll, um, when you go outside and try and play hide and seek do people find you really really easily hmm yeah <laughs> crazy cat lady says no a little bit nuclear submarines we spend a lot of time doing training on radiation yeah I uh, went to school with somebody that wanted to be a fighter pilot, found out they were too short after they enlisted and became a nuclear sub tech, which is quite fascinating. Um, I, I didn't think that that was possible, but I've done scuba diving and I've gone skydiving. So I guess you can go from the top to the bottom pretty quick. Just a couple of minutes, as a matter of fact. Although the transition to underwater from skydiving is a little painful. Okay, let's hustle on to the next article. So the next article is over in Hometown Daily. Big businesses windfall profits rocket to obscene $1 trillion a year amid cost of living crisis, says Oxfam and ActionAid renew their call for windfall taxes. Um... Pardon me. Crazy Cat Lady says that being a submari submariner's wife sucked, at, but it was neat. Um, and Toll says, fewer submarines in the sky than planes in the ocean. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> but they can get air, right? If they blow their ballast really fast. Oh, wait, no. They have to increase their ballast. Wait, which way does it go? Ah, my brain. Um, so... I think if they blow their ballast, they dive. So they need to take on ballast so that they can climb, right? I don't, I, I'm losing my mind here. They come out of the water quite a ways, yeah. Flood, ballast equals dive, right. Um, so this um, call for basically offsetting obscene uh, profits um, 
Okay, so I have a problem with the idea of prices increasing, even though costs are covered and juice on top of that is still squeezed where they have profits, growth rate, yet they say, look, we can squeeze more. And the cost there is to the people who were saving <laughs> and then can no longer save because profits over people have taken precedent. And if you had money, now you have to pay so much more for food and supplies and living. That's why the cost of living is through the roof. Um, and then couple that with businesses now having the ability to vote in local elections and in federal elections, they have the ability to vote because of Citizens United. So basically people are going to suffer because corporate profits are taking precedent. And there are now not everybody's going to suffer, but if you're a stakeholder in certain companies, then you're going to profit as well. So um, it's kind of a hot mess here. Uh, okay. Sorry about the, I did not throw the, the, the URL isn't working for, uh, the election page. So I have neglected to throw the, um, articles into chat. So sorry about that. So there we go. So these obscene $1 trillion a year profits. And so let's go over to common dreams. Um, I used to do this caveat whenever I highlighted a common dreams article, I don't necessarily agree with the inflammatory terminology that is used in their articles from time to time. And in their it's kind of clickbaity, rage inducing, triggering kind of article titles. Um, and so I couch all of my comments in the fact that I encourage you to look at what might be a polar opposite of an opinion so that maybe with a little bit more due diligence, maybe you can have a conversation with somebody that has a counter uh, position and have a meeting of the minds, you know, talk them through the way that you think they talk their way through how they think and you understand more about society, right? Um, and so it says here, a windfall tax of 90% on last year's windfall profits could generate $941 billion money that now could be used to tackle poverty and climate change. Now I'm more inclined to offset federal debt. Um, but that's okay. Um, 722 of the world's biggest corporations together raked in over $1 trillion in windfall profits each year for the past two years amid soaring prices and interest rates, while billions of people are having to cut back or go hungry. Now, I used to also highlight the consumer price index and the producer price index, um, but I don't know, maybe in, maybe I'll bring it back. It, it used to be a regular thing, but the consumer price index is climbing. The producer price index is climbing. It's actually stabilized a little bit, but it's going back up. Um, and 
the whole reason why it is like this is that a massive amount of money was thrown into the system to save corporations, the banking system, etc. Um, when it should, uh, everybody else has to suffer the slings and arrows of their own decision making, right? But corporations lean on, well, we're too big to fail. And so the banking industry got bailed out and others got bailed out all kinds of PPA. Uh, well, the, the, uh, COVID money was sent out to a whole bunch of people. Not all of them deserved it. A lot of people who were politically connected got it, including politicians, um, who knew the process and could make it happen for them. Um, I just don't think that everybody has whole information. We're not all on the same level. Um, and when you are the producer where you have gotten government rebates, you aren't paying taxes. Um, you're getting all kinds of federal benefits to produce whatever it is you're producing because you're the one that's producing it. When you start jacking up the prices and increasing your profit margin to such a great degree, I think that there's a problem here. So Tulsa says for the record that 1 trillion spread out over 722 uh, international corporations is just over 1 billion, 1.8 billion per company. That's a lot of money. Um, and Tulsa says it sounds like wealth distribution. Um, I'm not sure uh, in which direction you're referring. Um, if what you're saying, what I'm talking about is wealth redistribution. Um, at least a few that are misused. The, the COVID money's got caught, prosecuted, and are on trial for it. Yeah, COVID money. Yeah, got it. Um, yeah, that's true. Uh, but the punishment isn't going to equal the crime. Um, and they'll have to pay a fine and they'll still do it the next time. Um, and in, in terms of this being equalized, I mean, 722 of the world's biggest corporations, um, taking in an extra 1.8 billion, even though, and this is uh, above and beyond their, this is profits. This isn't the cost of operations. Um, this is beyond it, right? So it says analysis by Oxfam and Action Aid of Forbes Global 2000 ranking shows they made 1.09 trillion in windfall profits in 2021 and 1.1 trillion in 2022, with an 89% jump in total profits compared to average total profits in 2017 to 2020. For the analysis, windfall profits are defined as those exceeding average profits in 2017 to 2020 by more than 10%. <laughs> so I'd say they exceeded that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. See, but again, this is, this is beyond everything being covered and 10% juice. Um, the total amount, I don't know, uh, you know, it's hard for me to say in total what it is. It says governments could have increased global investment in rene renewable energy by 31% had they taxed at 90% the massive windfall profits. See, because what ends up happening with corporations and individuals too, 
there's a cap in the maximum taxable uh, amount. So from X and above, you're getting, you're not paying more and more and more and more. It's just a flat rate from that point on. It doesn't keep on increasing or decreasing. It just stops. And then you're taxed on that amount. <clears throat> so there's a limit to what actually comes in. So this isn't by so toll says here an extreme tax on unexpected profit would lead to sandbagging and loopholes to hide true profit margins in the corporate world it does that anyway um and this isn't unexpected profit <laughs> they're the one that's setting the price so all they do is raise the price um and then and this is in other areas trouble and strife create the arena for which pro, uh, prices can be raised due to some issue like oh i don't know invading another country um so russia invades ukraine that puts a burden on wheat and uh, sunflower oil and other supplies that come out of ukraine and now you have a food crisis in everybody's country and at the same time, you have Russia that's turning off the oil and gas spigots to Europe. So prices spike there. Um, it, it's really, it's really unknown. Um, and when they get painted into a corner, they start jacking up the price when everybody is suffering. That's really not when you should become an opportunistic kind of greedy bastard. Um, but I'm thinking humanely. I'm not thinking about business when I talk like this. Um, I'm talking about humanity. Um, and let me couch it again. I am a capitalist. I believe in the capital enterprise, the ability to sell a product and service at the rate that you deem is cost effective and at the value you perceive as right, whatever you want to price it at. Um, but there's certain fundamental things that I don't think should be um, parlayed into massive profits like food and power and water. <laughs> um, but that's exactly what happens when very few own all of those resources. Um, and, and that is the problem. There's through mergers and acquisitions, we've aggregated into a very few companies controlling uh, the world's uh, infrastructure. So, um, no, and I get that toll. Uh, it's not being, is it being opportunistic when the supply is cut in half, but the demand is still there? Um, it wouldn't necessarily, well, there's, there's things that can be done, um, but it's mainly offsetting the cost, not raising the cost for uh, profiteering. Um, but we can talk about that some more as time goes on. Because um, this is a big And I want to point out on this article, too, this is um, a release from Oxfam. So it's obviously one organization's view. Right. But arguably the stats are the stats although we know they can be painted in a lot of different directions yeah and these are global by the way it's not just one country one company it's 
it's uh, 722 of how many was it? 2000. So 18 food and beverage corporations made on average about $14 billion a year in windfall profits in 2021 and 2022, enough to cover $6.4 billion funding gap needed to deliver life-saving food assistance in East Africa more than twice over. Um, but this doing that doesn't necessarily, it, well, it doesn't necessarily, it, it does not solve the problem of that need. It just kicks the can down the road. But other predatory things in history have led to the situation where people cannot, they don't have the infrastructure, the education, the resources, the opportunity, the equity in being, in obtaining their own um, uh, job and resources so that they don't need this aid because there isn't that much, there isn't that much opportunity there. So what ends up happening is the, the, the system kind of collapses and it ends up leaning on those who are producing to provide aid. So the problem is well beyond just getting money. It's there's a systemic problem with society. Um, how do you fix the need for providing life-saving food assistance to East Africa? Well, they need to be able to be educated and skilled in an art to work so that they can produce something, sell it or work for a company. And that's just not happening. There's, you know, say too many people or not enough opportunity or whatever. Um, this is not just a United States thing. It has its own issues similar to this, but not at that scale. And every country does. Um, but there's definitely the profit over people issue. Um, Tulsa says, so what's the solution? Let the government take over all food, pharma, and energy production? No. Um, it It's not something that you can do through policy and procedure. It is a societal, a social issue. Um, but we can talk about it more um, in time. This is something that we have to walk slowly through. It's not going to be solved in an hour and 15 minutes of this show. Um, but let's keep on walking. The, uh, the next article is over in Hometown Daily. Mysterious giant 300,000-year-old hand axes were found in an Ice Age site in England, and scientists can't work out why they're so big. Aliens, obviously, right? That's how it always ends. It's always aliens. No, uh, to... that's not what the article says. <laughs> oh, really? Oh, I'm I'm usually right about this. Um, the two giant hand axes have been uncovered in a prehistoric sediment in England. The tools, which are more than 300,000 years old, are so big they're difficult to handle. Archaeologists think that they may have been used as part of demonstrations of strength and skill. Yeah, I guess it's like hold my club or... And then they pick this thing up. This is over at businessinsider.com. Marianne Guano is the author of this article. Look at that thing. It doesn't look like, uh, I don't know. It just looks like it's a bigger version of a normal hand axe. It doesn't look like it's that unwieldy.
Yeah, that's okay. Yeah. Atoll says that they're just being sarcastic. I, I wouldn't read that as sarcastic. Um, it's a great conversation. I do appreciate it, Tull. Um, and Oxfam, uh, Oxfam is trying to world end world hunger. Yeah, it's a, uh, it's a little difficult. They have a very biased view. It's well, um, Common Dreams has a biased view, and their their articles are written to to me even even though I like reading them so that I get a different person's perspective, maybe a, an entire community's perspective encapsulated in an article. I don't agree with the article being uh, kind of coming to the determination that you have to be heavy handed about it. Um, this isn't going to be done by a company just providing a shit ton of money to somebody. It, it's a, a social issue all of society has to change because do you really need billionaires no um and you can't tell me that what happened with what's happening with tesla what's happening with spacex couldn't be done by uh organizational efforts it just happens to that at this particular time there has been a confluence of the right number of people with the right skill set to provide these things and it was the engineers it isn't the billionaire it was the engineers he was almost broke if if nasa hadn't given him the money for spacex based on all of the engineers that were uh ready to go tesla would have collapsed and spacex would have collapsed the reason why we went to the moon is because nasa a, a an organizational structure with a a task um that is what we need not just one person's fever dream so anyway uh, it's a sidetrack um but i i certainly believe that oxfam and others that are, have a singular mindset for a goal uh don't necessarily want to take the societal change perception or uh, tact they want to just be heavy handed, tax the hell out of everybody and give the money to somebody else. That isn't going to solve the problem. Um, well, and I've heard too, that people or organizations that are trying to move things in a direction yeah. have to go further than because they're not going to necessarily get as far as they're, they're requesting or asking. And so yeah, it gets more attention if they're like, Hey, we need to tax people or companies like 90% more. If they said 2% more, nobody would even pay attention. It wouldn't be an article, etc. Yeah. I just don't think that giving money is going to solve the problem. It's going to kick the can down the road. If that money was actually given to an organization that would make fundamental change to society in a positive way, um, then yeah, but usually it's ideologues that are trying to make this change. Um, but it, it, there's so much more to it, Tom. Um, and I see what you're saying. So, um, okay, sorry. Uh, we got a little distracted from uh, this article. Uh, it says here, archaeologists think that they may have been used as demonstrations of strength and skill. So it's kind of like, um, uh, what is the Festivus poll? right you uh 
you put up your unadorned Festivus pole and you have feats of strength and one of them apparently is grabbing this giant hammer um, and uh, or axe it's a stone axe Toll says that he sees a rock Festivus for the rest of us that's right Toll (laughs) so it looks like but it is it's been shaped to do something this is a giant hand axe right this is an a large hand axe too because normally they're about the the size of the palm of your hand right they're about the fit your fist size so that you can cut stuff with um but this is a giant one i'm not sure really what it would be used for but you know maybe they can find something on it i don't know um 300 year old tools slabs of flint chipped on both sides to create jagged edges were found among uh it's a they just were uh, among van 800 art, uh, artifacts buried in a hillside above the medway valley in kent uh this is breaking the ai trying to read that sentence that's right i'll just go past that Phil says, how do you know that it's a one-handed axe and not like a two-handed axe? Yeah. What makes you them think that it's a, a, a one-handed axe or a two-handed axe and not something that they're strapping to a big old stick and this is being used for something other than, you know, the standard hand axe process? Maybe this was like the first ballista and they would strap that thing onto a big stick and then throw it at somebody. Atoll says, yeah, maybe it's a lance head. Yeah. You know, at the tip of the spear. Literally, when somebody says you're the tip of the spear, that's what they're talking about. Giant hand axe. Because that doesn't look like an axe to me. That looks like it's used to wedge down into something pretty damn deep. I don't know. Maybe it's it was used for um, what are those uh, giant elephants? What, what, what mastodons? Yeah. So maybe that's what that was for, right? To attack a mastodon or a dinosaur, right? Because humans and dinosaurs hung out at the same time. You could ride them and stuff like that. Uh, no. Um, no. No. Uh, Try not to get your scientific facts from the show. Mm, okay. Um, so yeah that was meant for the viewers not for you (laughs) oh yeah (laughs) wait you're talking to the (laughs) people in chat and in youtube and on the podcast (sighs) you're not supposed to talk directly at them but these particular hand axes are quote are so big it's difficult to imagine how they could be uh could have been uh, easily held and used, says Ingray, one of the archaeologists. Um, well, that doesn't hold up the smallest of the two giant. This doesn't look so bad. Maybe she's a very small person. Exactly, Tall. Way to break the fourth wall, AI. And I'm going to have to delete a lot of this stuff, Tall. Like you said, gaining self awareness. Oh, the AI is very aware of itself. Right now, we aren't sure why such large tools were being made or which species of early human were making them. Alien. Of course, alien. There were supposed to be giant humans on Earth, even in North America, according to 
some reports. Did you know that the Smithsonian is actually exempt from any inquiry? Like if you want to file a FOIA request that reveals certain information and, and require them to provide evidence of certain things, they are exempt from that request. That's actually carved out in the federal government. I did government. not know that. Yeah. Maybe I can link to the, some of this stuff. Um, but let's hustle on. We got to keep on going. Uh, the next article is over in the continuity report. The Lincoln lawyer is cleverly updated old school TV. The murder is a good one. Like the first season, the second season of Netflix's The Lincoln Lawyer pivots around one particular crime. Here, it's the killing of uh, Mitchell Bondurant, um, a greedy and potentially corrupt Los Angeles real estate developer who's uh, trying to gentrify huge swaths of the city uh, for the sake for the sake of his pocketbook. Oh, links, links, man. There's one. There's the Lincoln lawyer. Uh, and there might be spoilers in here, particularly if somebody hasn't seen the first season. Did I, I don't know if I put that in there. Dun, dun, dun. Yeah, I think we're caught up now. Okay, so um, because I'm uh, getting sidetracked so easily, let's go straight over to the source. Christina Escobar is the author over at rogerebert.com who put this article together. Um, if you have not seen The Lincoln Lawyer, go and check it out. Um, it's a great watch. Um, this is the TV show, not the movie. Yeah. And um, it says we, we never meet the man or at least not in the first half of the 10 episode season dropping July 6th. There is no grieving widow or kids. He's just a face on some billboards. So his death is more of a puzzle than a tragedy. Something for defense attorney Mickey Holler to untangle and get entangled in. Um, this will have spoilers. So um, you, I guess if you're not listening you are gonna find out if you read this stuff hello z welcome to the shoe um so the show thrives in, in that messiness the lincoln lawyer is at its best when garcia rolfo can swing between a smitten boyish smile and some ethically questionable legal task tactics the second season gives him plenty of opportunities to do that thanks to lisa and her legal trouble his close proximity to two of his ex-wives, Maggie McPherson and Lorna Crane, and some uh, loose ends from season one. Um, so those are characters that come and go. Um, you know, I just want to say that it's a good show, um, and I don't think I want to dig too deep into this because it it will spoil it. Um, if we read beyond this. And there's plenty of twists, um, at least based on the first season. Yeah, let me make sure. Okay, so it, um, I've got the um, URL in chat, so definitely follow it. 
Uh, it'll be part of the show notes as well. So if you are um, interested in this, you can follow the link later on. If you're listening to this over in the podcast or YouTube, um, you'll be able to follow this link through hometown. Click that link. You'll get taken over to Roger Ebert and uh, you can read it in greater depth. Um, but it's more of a tease because we like the show. So we'll encourage you to go and see it too. In the meantime, let's keep on hustling through this news. We got a lot. Um, we cover AI quite a bit um, and legal issues quite a bit, uh, but mainly because it's the, you know, new hot mess. Uh, this article's over in the mobile channel. The copyright battles against open AI have begun. I guess it's kind of like the fast food wars that are coming, right? Um, That's right. You know who the winner is. Yeah, Taco Bell. Let me go straight over to Quartz. Might as well. Um, QZ.com is where this Quartz article is housed. Faustine Nagila um, is the author. Two authors are suing OpenAI, claiming that ChatGPT has unlawfully digested their book as part of its training data. Um, Toll said that he's got to take off. So they're going to take off and uh, they got to tow a tractor truck into the Bronx tomorrow. Wow. Good luck. A uh, tractor truck is a uh, 18 wheeler. Both the, the truck itself and the trailer behind it. So the tractor is the cab, right? Oh, so when it's phrased like that, it's just the cab? Because I thought tractor truck is the... Just the front part, the engine. Yeah, we'll talk about it later. <laughs> oh, if you say tractor, it confuses a lot of people. Got it. Take care, crazy cat lady. Gotcha, tractor trailer. Gotcha. Okay. I'm in the loop. Thank you very much. <laughs> Stay out of trouble. See you next time. Um, so uh, the copyright battles against OpenAI have begun. Uh, mainly it's because there are people that are claiming that the AIs are scraping data or um, parsing books and music and art and all kinds of stuff. And it's an ongoing battle that's going to keep on uh, growing in intensity. The two novelists are Paul Tremblay and Mona Awad. They've filed a lawsuit against OpenAI in San Francisco federal court, alleging that its ChatGPT large language model was trained using data from their copyrighted books without consent. But frankly, to me, I don't see this as that would be like suing me for consuming their book and utilizing it as inspiration to do something support uh, tertiary to it, tangential to it. You know, if, if I get inspired by reading their book to create a work of art, why do I need some commercial freaking license if I'm going to sell my art because I base it off of something that I read in a book? I think it's kind of batshit crazy, frankly. Well, in fact, there are even writing contests that are based on that. For instance, like look at this piece of artwork and create some written work based on it or i mean it could be any combination of types of works but 
yeah um i'm troubled by this only because i think that um it kind of sets a precedent that you can sue somebody because you've created something that's based somewhere around you know oh the dart came too close to the bullseye in your subordinate creation um and it, it basically smacks of the lawsuit where it has the same 4-4 rhythm but a completely different intensity you know yeah uh, it was reminding me of the ed sharan um yeah litigation yep that's exactly what it uh, it just seems like it's similar to that the the only real issue is that it's an ai it never forgets but it makes dramatically different derivative works very hard to align them with somebody else's work but i have seen some work created that looks close to it um graphically at least not in the written prose but um i've seen some examples of graphics that look close but i don't know how those graphics were created you know if it was stable diffusion stable diffusion depending on how it's implemented isn't very sophisticated in its creation it will take whatever it is you give it and then regurgitate it slightly weird it out um whereas mid-journey will mutate i mean for crying out loud we saw i showed the ai a picture of a source picture of a dog and somebody took uh, the ai took that dog and mutated it into a human being so it was basically like a a mermaid but a dog right a chimera of a human head and then a bipedal body but had the dog fur i mean so the photographer has the ability to sue uh, mid journey because it created a human dog hybrid it it just doesn't make sense to me so i hope that this actually just falls on its face i'm, I'm sure i'm not making fans of the writers that are out there um but if you're going to sue make sure it's because somebody is actually uh, abusing you as the writer not well like actually plagiarizing you or yeah something. exactly not just writing something in the same genre or the same style or in the same location oh look it's a it's a romance novel and it's precariously close to a hallmark movie so obviously okay that narrows it down <laughs> yeah exactly all right well that's enough soapboxing for that Let, let's go on to the next thing. if you have a honda check your numbers honda is recalling 124,000 cars over possible brake failure that's right the recall consists of 124,077 cars from several popular models 2020 to 2021 civics 2020 to 2023 ridgelines 20 uh 21 to 23 passports 21 to 22 pilots and 2020 acura mdx's honda informed the national highway traffic safety administration june 29th that a loose fastener on the brake booster 
can cause the brakes to stop working normally and increase the risk of crash. So if you've got a Honda from those years and those pools, you better go and check. Uh, the article is over at the Hill. Oh, right, let me copy it into chat, talk on it. Um, <clears throat> the uh, exclamation point vote command was working. There it is. Son of a gun. Anyway, if you hit exclamation point vote, it will provide you a link to the election page, which has actual uh, election, uh, I mean, links to the articles that are part of the election and the show. Anyway, um, so uh, Jeremy Tanner over at thehill.com put the article together. Uh, earlier in June, the car manufacturer recalled nearly 1.2 million vehicles over a cable connector problem that prevented the rear camera images from appearing on the dashboard screen. Uh, letters from the latest recall are scheduled to go out August 7th, but here you go. You get it. Um, <laughs> it's kind of interesting, right? They're not supposed to go out until next yeah, month. Yeah, that's really interesting to me because... If somebody gets into a crash between now and then. Or wow. What's the exact issue? Yeah, it's the brakes. So. Yeah. Fascinating that they're going to take that long uh, to mail it out. Uh, I, I don't I don't know. They need to be a little bit more expedited. <laughs> okay. Yeah, let's this keep... isn't like the inside compartment doesn't yeah. close or whatever like some little like a glove box or something uh, that's i what mean I was this say. is the brakes <laughs> the glove box doesn't close well that isn't going to cause you to lose control of your vehicle can you imagine if your brakes don't activate the panic that would ensue from people now you may be able depending on how the car is constructed that the emergency brake is supposed to be a separate activator. So crank down on that emergency brake. Um, if you start to accelerate, um, crank down slowly so that you don't lock up the tires and lose control, um, but pull it so that it starts the process of activating the brake. Um, at any rate, let's keep on going. Check your cars, folks. Um, this, uh, this article I actually have, uh, titled Taylor Swift is dirty, according to the NYC sanitation department. <clears throat> um, so I hope that gets a lot of votes. Taylor Swift hit with a $3,000 fine from, uh, New York city sanitation department. Apparently they didn't use the, uh, proper disposal methods for trash outside of our New York city apartment and um, got some fines. Taylor Swift, the, okay, so the author of this over at the Hill really leaned into the articles, uh, like uh, uh, aligning it with uh, the music. So Taylor Swift and the New York City Department of Sanitation appear to have some bad blood, ha ha. The blank space singer is reportedly facing over $3,000 in fines for not properly disposing of trash. Um, I thought it was funny, so I wanted to grab it. Um, and I was going to say that Taylor Swift is dirty, but that might be an accusation that lands me in trouble. 
um, when it's really just a joke and, you know, satire and all that. Um, again, Christine Samra over at the Hill uh, wrote this article. The outlet cited city records, which reportedly showed Swift had racked up 32 tickets for not keeping the sidewalks in front of her Tribeca home clean. According to the fines, the garbage included piles of newspapers, bottles and cardboard, napkins and wrappers and scattered ashtray contents and cigarette carton. It's probably the fans waiting for her and smoking while they're bored. 33-year-old Christine O'Connor told the Post she doesn't even smoke. That's what she wants you to believe. <laughs> Is that one of her Swifties? Yeah, really. I don't know. where. Does it say? It doesn't say. It's just as a fan. Um, Christine O'Connor told the post. I don't know who that is. Because it doesn't front load that with. Wh- why do, Why are we right, paying normally attention? Normally I would say who that person is. <laughs> yeah, that's interesting. Um, so a representative for Swift did not immediately respond to Nextar's uh, request for comment. Swift first moved to the three-story townhouse in October 2017. As of March the real estate portfolio for Swift is valued at $150 million, according to the Wall Street Journal. This is just kind of doxing things that I don't really care about. <laughs> yeah, I mean, they basically know how much her fiber intake is. It's kind of just too weird for me. So let's keep on moving. I like this next article. This might be spoilery. If you haven't seen John Wick, you know, spoiler, spoiler. Um, so, oh, right. Yeah. And if you haven't seen John Wick 4, I think you're going to, you might want to mute for a few minutes. Yeah. Did I not throw? I didn't even throw that article into the chat for crying out loud. Marwat, you just kind of suck. So, um, John Wick 4 shot an ending where it's very clear he's still alive, but test audiences weren't happy. They preferred the ambiguous ending. This is uh, housed in the continuity report over at hometown, but it's sourced from variety. So when you click that link right there, visit the source, it'll take you over to variety and Zach Scharf is the author. Um, I think that John wick only says something like 75 words in John wick Four. I think that's what I read something like 75 words. Um, so is John Wick actually dead? It's the question every Keanu Reeves fan was asking after John Wick Chapter 4 opened in March. The film ended with John's presumable death after competing a duel to free himself from the high table. John gets shot the third round of a duel and seemingly dies on the steps of the Basilica of, I don't know how to pronounce that, Sacre Coeur. That's a good Harvard try, I suppose. While seeing a vision of his late wife, Helen. And then the film cuts to a scene with Winston um, and the Bowery King uh, visiting John's gravestone. So, I mean, you kind of, to disappear, you fake your own death, right? It's worked for me a couple of times. Oh, never mind. Um, (laughs) So it says, I don't know. I guess I'm going to have to lean on Never Say Never, Reeves told Entertainment Weekly after Chapter 4 opened about making another sequel. Quote, I mean, I wouldn't do a John Wick film without director Chad Stahelski. Um, we'd have to see what that looked like. For me, 
It feels really right that John Wick finds peace. <clears throat> All of this started because somebody killed his dog. Yeah, that's right. I mean, so that's be a careful. Lot of, uh, revenge, I guess, <laughs> for that dog. Yeah, be careful out there, folks. Don't hurt or take anybody's dog away from them. Um, that's actually speaking to something that I saw today. Um, some animal. Uh, I don't know what you would call these two numbnuts that took a homeless person's dog. Um, to, to give it a better life is uh, my understanding, but like anti-animal cruelty or something like that, even though it was the pet of that person. So, yeah. Um, anyway, let's move on to, uh, the last two articles for tonight. Two whole articles left. This, uh, this article caught me off guard because I didn't know that there was a reason for striking a deal, but it says California is the location truck manufacturers strike deal on zero emission plan. California and some of the nation's largest truck manufacturers, biggest truck manufacturer manufacturers have reached an agreement aimed at smoothening Oof. the industry's transition to 100% zero emission sales by 2036. The plan announced Thursday incorporates measures that help the trucking industry meet California's emissions requirements while enabling the state to simultaneously reach its climate goals, according to those involved. In striking this compromise, the state averts a potential legal battle with major truck manufacturers who have long been challenging California's unmatched emissions requirements as technologically and economically unfeasible. I don't see that as being a problem. Um, the the only real problem i see is what if you are coming from out of state delivering into california and you don't have an ev truck exactly i don't know how that works with interstate commerce so this is really an untenable position I can see that maybe they're going to hobble the sales of ICE vehicles in California, internal combustion engine vehicles um, in California. But the economics of it are, well, it's the trucks exist, the infrastructure exists to support it. California is amongst uh, one of the few states that are just rife with charging stations. my understanding is you can't shake a stick in California without hitting a supercharger all up and down the coast. Um, but maybe, I don't know, the cost to the truck owners, independent contractors is going to be exorbitant. Um, but maybe i haven't looked at the the new requirements to see if it's based on size of the enterprise if every single truck has to be an ev well california is basically gone bananas but i think that's largely true anyway because 
if um, you haven't seen this before, you can be in any state and purchase something. And if they regularly send to California or do business in California, um, they have to put the MSDE statement that there's uh, the fact that California says that X is uh, possibly carcinogenic or harmful or whatever that statement is now. I don't remember um, exactly what it is, but California basically demands that all kinds of uh, companies state that something was harmful, hazardous to a person's health. Even if it's like wood, it's just a piece of wood. Um, so like you can buy something in Texas um, at a, a Texas Home Depot and the website you're buying it from happens to do business in California and you'll see a little California notice that they've found it to be carcinogenic or something. It's pretty wacky. But anyway, the article uh, that we were talking about just now is from uh, The Hill. Sharon Udison is the author of this uh, article and I think it's going to be really expensive to transition to an EV um, infrastructure and California it's an un, like I said at right at the beginning of this article's segment it's an untenable position um, until everybody is working together to put the infrastructure in place and make it cost effective to purchase an EV truck and it has the same staying power and stay, same um, accessibility you <laughs> the battery that's going to have to power an electric vehicle tractor trailer a big rig okay is going to be massive and you're not going to supercharge that in 45 minutes and and what trucker is going to want to sit there for 45 minutes even every time they need a charge and because time they're, is money yeah <laughs> Um, it's insane. I, I really think that it's insane. Again, I'm going to reach into that old bag and say, without fast swap battery technology, trucking is going to be a burden. You don't get the efficiency in an EV vehicle with that much weight getting hauled behind it, unless the trailer has a massive battery in its undercarriage and all it does is hook up those 800 volt lines and off you go but then every time that trailer dies that battery dies its lifespan ends and then eventually you have to replace a massively expensive battery um i i don't know maybe i've got everything wrong uh, the Clean Truck Partnership, a joint initiative of the California Air Resources Board, or CARB, come on, um, and the Truck and Engine Manufacturers Association includes the industry's biggest players, uh, Cummins, Daimler, Ford, GM, Hino, Isuzu, um, Navistar, Stellantis, and Volvo. I mean... A lot of these I know are huge providers. Some of them I've not heard of, um, but that's probably because I'm not a trucker. 
Um, but a lot so of I just these... sent you a link through yeah. Omtown, and it does have information on different types of vehicles, etc. Okay. And has a lot more detail just about what the requirements are. Okay, I'll have to look at that after the show. Um, so among the terms of the agreement uh, is a commitment on CARB's part to align with the Environmental Protection Agency's 2027 regulations for nitrogen oxide emissions, regulations that are less stringent than those promoted by California. The EPA's rule, cemented in December, aims to cut nitrogen oxide emissions by 50% by 2045, a weaker rendition of a previous version that would have cut this type of pollution by about 60% in the same period. So it <laughs> puts the brakes on the emissions cuts. Um, but, you know, hopefully it doesn't lock up the economy in trying to reach this goal and it's an uphill battle. So instead of, you know, pushing too hard and the wheels come off, <laughs> they're going to park this one and uh, revisit it over time. Um, <laughs> you want to move on? <laughs> yes. Okay. We'll keep rolling right along. Okay, so the last article for tonight is in the Smack Talk channel. Apple is re inventing a revolutionary car audio system for Apple Car. <clears throat> um, most of Apple's work on the Apple Car have been uh, concerned with construction and design, but the company is inventing a whole new stereo system for the vehicle. If countless Apple patent applications over the years have hidden how they were really uh, yeah, how they were really to do with Apple Vision Pro. Doubtless, doubtlessly, so many have actually been about the Apple car. Yet now, it's as if Apple have given up trying to be secretive because despite still not confirming a car is coming, it's filed five new patent applications that are all about audio in the car. So Apple does seem to have adopted the phrase enclosed environment as a euphemism for car. <laughs> Maybe it's a VR pod though. William Gallagher over at appleinsider.com put this article together and um, it says, such as one about the speakers in a headrest. Maybe you've just turned your head to check traffic ahead of turning, or maybe you're leaning out of the car uh, ordering at McDonald's but still Apple won't let you miss a single moment of a podcast. So it'll, the sensor will know when you're turning your head so it can account for the audio change in the attitude of your head. Quote, because the head of the occupant may be disposed in the near field of the headrest speakers. When the occupant is seated in the seat, movements of the occupant's head and or ears may affect the acoustic experience of the occupant. If this is not patent ease, I don't know what is. <clears throat> um, I tell you, patent attorneys, they like turning a phrase to make it so arcane, it's like they're casting a spell of uh, blind them with... Okay, well, the AI just threw me an error message, so I won't finish that sentence. Um, that is part of their job to keep me in line. Um, but yeah, it's, uh, probably a car, right? I don't know. 
the only thing that I want, like you can always update the speakers. The Apple car is going to have an amazing sound stage. Um, you're going to be, well, I mean, it's going to be like the home pod experience, right? If you have a pair of home pods in front of you, you can be anywhere in the room and it sounds like it's stereo. It's an amazing piece of equipment. The original home pods did a dramatically better uh, job at it. Um, even the new home pods seem rather anemic for me compared to the original ones. I, I really regret selling my original ones because they were metal framed and uh, here in hometown we have these special animals that really like these home pods so as recently as this evening during the show uh yeah uh, the ai sensors detected claws on hometown's home pods and then knocking it over so at any rate um it says here there is an issue though of what happens when you have two or more people in the car at once all with iPhones and all with strong opinions about the music you should be listening to. We've already seen one result from this type of research with in-car share play coming as part of CarPlay in iOS 17, um, which I love the idea of basically you all get to vote on what song to play. Um, in, in all of the share played playlist, everybody gets access to. So it's pretty cool. Um, I love the idea of it. So if you're interested in this kind of thing, follow this link here and uh, check it out a little bit deeper for yourself um, because there's there's going to be more news that solidifies this. This is largely a review of some patents. Those patents may not materialize as a final product, but it's fun to think about this thing, these kind of things. Um, I know that I would enjoy an Apple car only because uh, my personal experience with uh, Apple has been tremendous. I've, I've really never had any problems with anything Apple, um, knock on wood. And um, I, I think a, an Apple car would be great. But the only thing that I want for an audio system is an amplifier to drive the music and a single USB-C port. I don't need all of the other stuff. I need a place to put my electronic device, plug it in so that I can connect to my service. I need nothing in my dashboard except an amplifier and a connector. Send it out to the speakers after I send my signal to the amp. That's it. Nothing else. Um, but it is what it is. We're going to have to have that little head unit sitting there. And if it's like a mini Cooper or a, a countryman, or I just should say mini, a mini it's, it's center. <clears throat> it's sound system is also the car's computer. So the whole thing is integrated together. I don't know, maybe if they changed it in the last iteration of the car. Um, but as far up as I know, the mini has it all integrated. I don't I hate the idea of having to rely on that product. I, all I want, I don't want to have to connect to something else. I don't want to have to relay 
All I want is a place where I can just set my iPad, iPhone, whatever it is that I've got, just lock it in and off I go. But there's myriad types of uh, devices, right? Different sizes of phones, tablets. Yeah, just make a little, a little dock and just let me set it in there and universal so that I can just clamp it down, make it heavy duty so that you don't have to worry about the variability. Just make it a sliding scale so I can slide my device in there and it's big enough to house everything. Yeah, probably never happen. At any rate, um, and I would have cellular capabilities and all of the maps would be updated right away. And it's just, I don't know, so much better. At any rate, um, we are done for tonight. Uh, I always pull us back to the very front, the, the, the welcome sign of hometown, so to speak. And, uh, we mash that logo. I really do need to change. Every time I say that, I, I like the idea of it saying, welcome to hometown. Um, just in smaller text right there up above it. Welcome to hometown. Anyway, um, we are done with the show. At the end of every show, I bring you back to the front page, refresh it, and then we talk about um, a little bit of um, the articles that are sitting here on the front page. Um, there's something called Mamas for DeSantis. Interesting. Reddit demands that moderators remove not safe for work labels or else. This has been an ongoing thing since the what amounts to a Reddit moderator strike. Um, <clears throat> of unpaid workers. <laughs> yep. Yeah. Uh, Warner Brothers Discovery gives itself max options as it renews New Zealand's supply deal with Sky. SAG-AFTRA steps up strike preparation efforts as contract talks intensify. Intensify. Volkswagen to start testing self-driving electric vans on streets of Austin. Interesting. Um, let's see what else is in here. Vague injunction on social. Oh, that's that. I didn't know what that was about. The social media thing. Oh, gotcha. Injunction on social media must be stayed. Justice Department says. Yeah, we'll we'll grab some more things. Oh, is it today? Was it today? Let me let me see if I might have to log out and log back in to make that happen. Hold on a second. I'll be right back everybody um let's see yeah there's supposed to be a patch for diablo 4 uh coming pretty soon and the new season for diablo 4 is coming which has a whole new it's a whole new storyline and every season will be i think they said 90 days um, and then another season starts and, um, you get a thing called a battle pass and I'm starting to question what the duration of it is, but I know that it's either 10 bucks, um, for a season or 25 bucks and you get tier skips. 
Um, but they here PC Gamer has a link um, over in uh, Omtown. If you can't find it here, just do a search for Diablo 4 patch. <coughs> Pardon me. Um, or unique loot. The patch actually is all about um, there are certain chests out there and when you unlock them you will get unique loot now. It used to be that you did not get unique loot. That's a classification of loot. You have a chance at unique loot. It's a higher grade um, piece of loot. Anyway, um, each page, depending on uh, <coughs> what your setting is, you can do 25 or 50. Um, it'll be 50 articles. There's so much that you can do over in hometown. Go check it out. I don't think that you'll regret it. Um, become a citizen. I'm actually logged in as uh, my bot here in, in chat. But um, once you're signed in, you have the ability to swipe things left and swipe things right. And it ends up in these two ignored articles or saved articles. Those ignored articles won't ever show up in this list anymore. As you scroll back through time, they won't show up there, just like the saved ones won't. Um, you can always go there and check them out, though. That's where that saved list went. So, neat feature. Uh, no other sites have those, as far as I know, um, except for, <laughs> I don't know, maybe a dating site. You can swipe left or swipe right. Um, I... I I guess you're making a match with an article because if you save it, you know, you can snuggle up and go through your saved article list. As you go through the day, you keep checking in on hometown. Go, oh, I like that. Oh, I like that. I don't know about McCarthy's office shares VR footage of Indian leader Narendra Modi's address to Congress. Right. I'm not sure why that's VR, but okay. Yeah, well, hey, if it pulls people in, you want to get right up and close. I don't know. I've said too much. All right, folks, <clears throat> that's it for tonight. I am Mayor Watt. That is hometown.com, and that's the AI that is supposed to keep me in check, but sometimes I am like a train and jump off the tracks. Too soon. Uh, good night, hometown citizens. We'll see you tomorrow at 9 p.m. Eastern. See you then. Bye-bye. Mm -hmm.